Wrestling Broadcast Network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Sleepy Hollow fans! There it is. There's the song I long to hear. Not that. Not Stephen Lemieux. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV Sleepy Hollow After Show. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, here to talk to you about episode, season three, episode two, Whispers in the Dark. Whispers in the Dark. Whispers, Whispers. in the Dark. Secrets. Secrets. Ugh. <laughs> That's the same thing you do for the strain vampire. Hey, it's uh, not the same thing. No, stop it. Stop nope, it now. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, as I said, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You can tweet at me throughout the week, throughout the show, at that Zach Wilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Joining me tonight, Stephen Lemieux. Yeah, guys, you can tweet at me, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X. And do it throughout the show. I got my phone right here. Just do it! Follow your dreams! Just do it! Do it! Not sh- I don't know what's happening. I'm referencing Shia LaBeouf. I'm trying to use some pop culture to bring people into our conversation. Just do it! I think Ichabod, especially, would be very confused. Ichabod would be very confused. <laughs> Ichabod would not be a fan of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, he would he not. He would not. Um, Jackie Browski, unfortunately, couldn't join us tonight, uh, but she will be back. And don't worry... I've got some soapboxing to do for her. Yeah, we're just gonna uh, we're tonight. gonna put words in her mouth. <laughs> Don't say it like that. What? I, I mean, mean that's but, literally yeah. what we're doing. I mean, not literally what we're doing. I mean, figuratively, that's what figuratively we're doing. Figuratively, what we will be doing. But I think we know Jackie well enough at this point to know some of her feelings. To know that she'd episode. be pissed off that the curator is in love with Ichabod already. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, but let's, uh, Stephen, what do you think of tonight's episode? You know, I thought it wasn't as strong as the last one. And this is kind of where we differ on opinions. But I thought it wasn't as strong as the last one. Um, it just left me with a few questions. But, I mean, I thought it was still good. It was still better than 70% of season two. Yes, definitely this is an improvement. I and mean, I think that's sort of, my bar has been lowered yeah. by season two. So I, I, when I, like, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, because this felt like a return to form. Yeah. Um, there's, there, I thought there was a lot that it, it did well that, again, there's a little bit of what it did well is right, starting to right the ship. Um, because we, after season two, there was a lot that needed fixing. We needed to get these characters into more interesting places. We needed to just get the show going. Introducing Joe Corbin was a great thing. We caught like when we met him last year, we were severely disappointed that he only got his one episode arc and then he, it went away. His episode was probably one of the best from the season, though, when yeah. he turns into the uh, werewolf. The basic, Wendigo. The Wendigo, yeah. That was probably the best episode of that season. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. There was just no reason for a character so tightly tied to our main 
characters. Well, it's one of the few main char- it's one of the few interesting characters they introduced and then didn't immediately kill off. Yeah, but they but what they effectively did by just making him go away. Well, yeah. Um so it was great to have him come back and there was like, that little bit of acknowledgement that they threw in there like i've been here for six months i thought <laughs> you'd at least like with me. bring me in on this like, <laughs> what has my dad been doing i mean his his head was officially severed by what could have been a lightsaber and you're still not really bringing me fully into the fold on this <laughs> i turned into a wendigo monster i think I'm aware enough of magical forces. I think I knew when to go, but I knew when to come back, and he's back. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's back, but I like that. I like that there was... They still did the the episodic monster of the week, but it didn't feel disconnected. It wasn't like a monster just showed up out of nowhere and we had to fight it. It felt like it was a piece of a bigger arc... And I like, and that's what I like. I, if you're gonna do monsters of the week, ha- making them tie into a larger story is a is a good way to do episodic television. I'm gonna disagree with you on this. This is this this story, the monster of the week story. I would have preferred that it was random, and I'll tell you why. Because it makes more sense for this. Uh, what was the Curtis something? What was the guy's name? Uh, Marcus Collins. Marcus Collins. It makes more sense for somebody from from Marcus Collins from Ichabod's past to come back because of something that is Ichabod related than for Pandora to just bring about this spirit that's evil, have it be so coincidentally connected with Ichabod, and then tie in this entire secret thing about pensions with this company we've never heard of before. Yeah. It was just, it was very out of the blue with... Okay, I understand Secrets Kill. I understand she's bringing something out that preys upon Ichabod's, um, Ichabod's heavy heart from keeping the secret that he almost thought about giving up his, um, his despise for America. But I don't understand where Williams came from. I don't understand where this FBI agent came from, where any of these people came from. Like, it just kind of seemed like, okay, we need an excuse for some for him to find out about this. We need Abby to find out about this monster somehow. Um, the only other thing I'm thinking of is that it's just that was the same place where the coffee shop was, where he met her. So I guess this is just where she's hanging out. Um, is this this is by the archives, I guess? What is the... the- the area where these people were? No, this is the FBI station, right? These are the FBI headquarters. Where the the first guy got killed? Yeah. I thought that was like a like a train station or something. Is that where it is? I, it seemed like it, it I don't think well, it was Because they were a... in it last episode too. Huh. Like when he was saying like he saw the coffee shop was gone and then they go look back at the tapes and they're like, "Yeah, it was at that coffee shop that never existed." And now you see her here next to where the FBI agent was. Or, oh yeah. So yeah. it's like the same place that she's like kind of interacting with people, and if that's what it is, if she's tied to that place, that makes more sense. And the spirit was just tied around her, and she was just finding the first person that had secrets. If it's literally just she found the first person that had deep secrets to set it loose on, I'm fine with that. It just felt a little too close to Ichabod for it to be random with the spirit being random. You know what I mean? Yeah. For her to bring back the spirit to get the secrets out of Ichabod or something when this whole pension thing had nothing to do with anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I follow you. Um, well, let's let's talk about the the 
the pension thing because yeah. I think a, li- a few people might be a little bit confused about that. So, well, well, I guess we got to start with the monster um, with the uh, the the fear uh, wraith, the, or the, the, yeah, the whispering wraith. Um, it, it's it turns out to be uh, like a inf- infused shadow spirit, basically that is hunting secrets like like food almost so how wanted to find out it's h-o-w-e howie i guess wanted to find out who were spies and wanted to find who was keeping mm-hmm. secrets from him yeah so through the dark arts he sacrificed one of his own men uh collins collins to the dark arts to become somebody who would seek out the people who are keeping secrets from the british yeah. And through that, he was going around and stealing the secrets from anyone who had secrets of that nature. Of any na- Well, this that's the thing is like that this the uh, the wraith doesn't seem to differentiate. It just likes secrets, whatever kind they may be. Yes and no. That's why it's confusing. Is because they introduced the wraith as this thing to find out one particular secret. Uh, one secret, they want to find out the battle plans. And that's what Ichabod's talking about is he sent this spirit out to find out the battle plans. So because if those plans had reached the people, so many people would have been saved. But the secret killed the spies. So the battle plans weren't got, given to the U.S. to America. So then a lot of people died in that battle. But then when they go to the present time, finds out about this... Um, Finds out about this secret with the pension things from the guy, the first guy, not Williams, but the first guy, the very first guy Pandora comes into contact with. It attaches itself to that secret and is chasing down everyone associated with that secret. And then Ichabod says, because you and I now know that secret, we're targets. So it's specifically because of that secret. It could have chased literally anybody because everyone has secrets. I think it is something about the size of the secret. Yeah. Has to be tied into it. It's the only thing that makes sense because, like, w- w- the secret, uh, the secrets of the battle plans. That's a big secret, very yeah. important secret. So, if we consider secrets having sizes and volumes, that's going to be big one. Um, so, I guess that, it's if it affects so many people. Yes. So, so like the pension plan secret, that's uh, that has a lot of potential to affect the world if the secret comes out, um, and that's why. So when it when it is like sort of um, dementoring mm-hmm. uh, Abby and Ichabod, because that's basically what it is. It's a secrets dementor. Pretty much. Um, it sees them, and it's like taking their secrets and killing them. But as soon as the guy takes off, it senses a way more powerful secret because in the pension plan fund. And I think that's just why it went to this one guy, because he just... It wasn't that he was targeted. It's just that he had a very large secret. So basically what you're saying is we really need this thing to go to Washington, D.C. right now and just knock out all the corruption. Yeah, that'd be real helpful. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Sleepy Hollow Riders, make it happen. Send a whispering ghost into D.C. Well, but it doesn't differentiate between secrets that are good and secrets that are bad. True, it just silences secrets in general. Yeah. It doesn't even, like, it doesn't even make them come to light. Like, it doesn't tell people... It doesn't go back to How Howie or whatever and yeah. tell him about the secrets. It literally just kills anyone with a huge secret. Yeah, it, it just kills you for having a secret. I I imagine it killed a lot of gay people for back then. Whoa. No, but I mean, like, that would be a huge secret back then. Like, I, I guess. 
I don't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, I just was thinking like like it like a lot of people would have just been like killed for like messed up stuff. Like a kid probably like accidentally lit his house on fire and he's holding that his whole life but and it just that, kills him. But those are personal secrets. I think that like you were saying, I guess it's it has secrets to be that super... have an effect uh, that are that have the potential to affect a lot of other people. I is guess how yeah. I'm gonna so that, to look that at. wouldn't have been. That. I, don't, I don't know that it was necessarily like. They Personal. went into that much detail when they were planning out the monster, but that seems to be the logic here. I would hope they went into that much yeah, detail. Yeah, that, but that seems to be what what it what makes sense. The only reason that the pension plan thing becomes important is that this is a big secret that affects will affect lots of people if it comes out one way or the other. Yeah, um, and it's a it's like, I mean, that would be life threatening to people of that era as well. So but, let, yeah, let's talk about the significance of it being secrets. So yeah. the first, uh, Ichabod mentions Pandora. When mm-hmm. they bring up Pandora, he says, Pandora, the woman with the box. Yeah. That was actually, uh, that was another thing I loved in this episode, is that we're not stalling. We could have got, like, uh, maybe I'm just jaded from other Where have from... I heard that name before? We have to dig back up Thomas Jefferson's secret catalysm <laughs> that has the answers to every single thing that we could ever need on this show, but we're going to bury it at the end of the episode. Blow it up. Blow it, it up. Too ma- it had too much information. Too much. It was too powerful. So we decide. So, like a wraith that seeks useful information, we found it and we killed it. There you go. Um, but uh, I, I might just be jaded from some other sh- unna- shows that will remain unnamed. Um, what, but- are you, what are you talking about, Zach? They will remain unnamed. Um, but. I like that we're just we're cutting right to the chase. Like, okay, as an audience, we know it's gonna be Pandora. We know they're gonna find out it's Pandora. Great. Just episode two, they figured it out. They're hunting her down. Yeah, it's 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 good to see that they're already kind of they're not idiots. They're putting yes. two and two together really quickly. Um I'm really sad that Graceland on USA got canceled because that was one of the shows that it moved at the pace of the story. And the creator even said on our show, on our after show, he's like, look, like, we got through this story five episodes faster than we thought we would. Mm-hmm. But we came up with new content because we filled out the season with where we were going to go in the show anyway. But we just moved forward and it just, it worked. You had pacing that worked because the story drove the pacing, not the writers trying to slow things down. And if if they keep that where... They write the show as the show is a living world. It's a living, breathing breathing thing that doesn't have to be slowed down by guidelines of needing 17 episodes or whatever the hell it needs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great show. And I think that's what the second season has taught us. Yeah. You need to just you need to just let the show go. You basically just write it and what comes, comes. Try to hit those marks. But if you get them faster than usual, you know what? Just set up for the next thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like that. I think we you see it a lot of faltering, especially on network television. Is this there because you get these long seasons? You find out, find shows stalling and like stretching plot lines out a little bit. Um, but I've I've seen like on Agents of Shield, for example, like they especially in the second season um, and the beginning of the third that we've gotten so far, they just they they hit the ground running. Where twenty minutes into the episode. You think you're, you has to be almost over because you've gotten so much story packed in. There's no reason to stall. And I felt that this episode, like while it was still an episodic and like this it sort of stands alone, and that's sort of what Fox does. That, that's mm-hmm, more Fox's yeah. just model. 
um, it still felt like it was driving the overall season arc forward a lot more than like last season where stuff just like got drawn out over 18 long episodes. Well, it's like you can have a whole entire movie in two and a half, three hours. So from movie, that's character introductions, that's story, that's climax, that's conclusion, that's everything in two and a half, three hours. So when you're working with 13 hours of television... You can fit two major storylines into one season. Yeah, exactly. Nobody says you need one big bad for one season. Yep. Like, you don't need to be like, oh, that was the Moloch season, and that was the Death Horseman season. Like, you don't need that. You can have, that was the All Four Horsemen season, that was the Greek season, that was the mm-hmm. Chinese mythos season. Like, you could have so much. Tell it, preacher. And that's what I really need. Give me a hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah. we are exercising the demons from this show. I haven't exactly looked up the previous shows that this showrunner's done. Uh, the, his main show that he produced for was The Glades, which I never actually got Yeah, a I never watched it. But I feel like with the pacing of these two episodes, we could get a good two major arc season. Yeah. And that, I think, is what Sleepy Hollow needs. Yeah. What you want is some, is like that first arc to like feel like it stands alone, and then it feeds into what was ended up being like a much bigger thing going on behind the scenes. And um, that's why I really like my Prometheus prediction. No, it'd be great. And I mean, the introduction of Pandora uh, opens up a realm of other mythologies and like this show has never been shy some people i know in the chat last week felt that like sleepy hollow was very focused in christian lore and it yes it starts that we way from medusa it starts that way from uh the four horsemen mm-hmm. that obviously draws from it but we've gotten wendigos that's native american mythology you've gotten yeah we had medusa we had all kinds of things they last week we had uh, an a, a chinese uh yeah. monster Yagwai. and i think that they're not gonna be shy about going into these other myths as well, like that all these myths are just part of the world the fun come in a show like this the fun comes when those myths intersect when you take the christian mythology and you mix it with the Asian mythology, mix yeah. it with these things because you get stories that you could never have thought of before. And just finding the myths from each culture that tell like are similar enough that you can combine them. That's where I think you can get some real magic is where Episode one, yeah. don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. They combine that with a creature with white eyes, the Yaogwai Tai in Chinese mythology. Great. That's great. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be done. Exactly. No, that was fun. It was a good monster. Yeah. Good. Um but so as you were saying, like the 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 um, who said it in the chat? I think it was Suzette M. Uh, makes it makes the point uh, similar to what I was going to say. I think Pandora knows who Ichabod and Abby are, and the monsters are cherry picked. I think that's spot on. Um, I think Pandora is going after them because they're the witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, she must have seen the stone tablets or uh, another copy of them, or seen whatever goes along with it. And it is going after them specifically. The only question is, why? Is it, we talked about last week, is it for because she's good, like she thinks she's fighting the good fight and that they're the destroyers? Or is it that she's evil and she's trying to stop the witnesses and they are going to have to stop her? Well, she could also be trying to destroy the box. It never says what they're the destroyers of. I mean, there's so much room for interpretation Mm -hmm. in that kind of thing. Pandora is tied to this box that she is mortal in that she let let all the evils out. 
Well, if she's trying to destroy the box to release the hope, because hope is all that's left in the box if you're going by the mythos. I know I can't say this is canon for Sleepy Hollow, but hope is all that's left in the box. If she's trying to leave everything and get the hope out of that, if they destroy the box and release that, that could be a good thing. Like, so there's so much room to play with this character. Pandora's always been a bit of a Pandora's box of a character. You never know what's going to happen. I'm sorry to, like, use that analogy. It's just so opportune. But there's a lot of room. I just, my one hope for this season is that they're clever. Yeah. I really don't want to. I don't want to be right. Like, my prediction about Prometheus is so out there that I'm just like, you know what? I really hope that it goes somewhere near that, but then shoots somewhere else off. I don't want to be right. I just want them to be clever. I want to watch the show and be like, oh, I want to be able to put pieces together, but at the same time, not be like, that's super fucking obvious. Pardon my French. I I want to be able to, I want to be like watching, got the headphones on, I'm like, what's going to happen? And I want to throw them off, be like walking in circles, like, what? What? And not in the what? way of the finale of Strain season two. Not in a no, no, because no, that, that that's a that's a good reaction. Yeah, that's a good uh, reaction. It can be bad, but like usually if I'm if I'm <laughs> like running around like that, it's because I got so excited that I could I had to pause the TV. I and like the let epiphanies. I like watching a show and slowly coming to the realization of what they're doing. Yeah, and kind of having that epiphany, like, oh, this is what they're doing. Okay, that's great. Because. If if I have an epiphany before it's, like, right on the nose, like, before they actually have it outright, I think it's good writing. You're supposed to naturally discover what they're trying to do. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Well, speaking of what they're discovering to do, let's get back to this episode. Okay. Um, so, they, the this monster is related... It, the, basically, Ichabod almost faced it in the during the, during the uh, Revolutionary War um, when he was with Betsy Ross... And we'll we'll talk about Betsy in a little bit because there's a whole discussion to be had there. Um, but the the mon- like he sees the monster and then he's able to put it together at the end that it's Marcus Collins, and it's basically the Rumpelstiltskin defense. Of you just have to say his name over and over again. Yeah. Um, which is weird too. Um, it actually gives demon. I thought it. Does it give you power over demons? I thought usually it gives demons power to have a name. In most, it, well, there's different myths, but the the thing that he refers to when he says that um, a common way to defeat a demon is to just speak their name. I guess the, um, I, you're it, right. It, it is, is actually like, the that's name. why I say the Rumpelstiltskin defense because Rumpelstiltskin was defeated. Like he he lost the bet when the guy said his name. He no longer he lost. Um, just by the fact that somebody knew his name, and that's common. Like you, if you can guess or you just say it out loud, the demon is banished back to hell. The one thing that I'm not liking about this season that I have to say from this storyline is forgetting of characters. Um, they bring in these side characters and they bring in these characters to these scenes, and then they just kind of continue the scene without the character. You know what I mean? Last episode, it was. Uh, Jenny gets thrown off to the side and then it's just Ichabod and Abby and they just focus on Ichabod and Abby and I'm left wondering like what the hell happened to Jenny she just got smacked in the face by Yagwai this scene it was the whispering wraith uh, comes in shuts off all the lights that they have the woman who's its target sitting in between and then they just have a fight with Abby Ichabod and the whispering wraith and I'm like what happened to the woman yeah 
I was wondering that too. Like, like they didn't. Just, they, all we needed was a moment where they go and acknowledge that she's fine and she's still there. But they we we didn't get it last week with Jenny. We didn't get this week with uh, Miss James. It just worries me a little bit because I really because it tugs at the back of my mind and takes me out of the action. Because the whole time we're fighting this wraith, I'm wondering like, how's it going to bring this woman into it? How's it going to use this woman against yeah. Ichabod and Abby? Especially this week, like Jenny, we know why she was there. Yeah, but and I guess that she, I get that she was the bait. But other than that, like they made why a whole big deal about this. Ca- they made a whole big deal about this like circle of light that then just like went away. Yeah, um, I and it was, was really predictable. If you're going to introduce something, I, that scene reads to me like there's a much longer version on the cutting room floor um, that involved the circle of light, involved Miss James. Well, um, that like they they ran out of time and they had to cut something. I have to mention. I don't know if any of you in the in the chat you can say it if you are uh, watch the film Darkness Falls. Darkness Falls is. Such a cheesy horror kind of movie, but it's pretty much my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. The premise is if you see the tooth fairy, like the tooth fairy comes and takes your tooth, but if you accidentally see it, uh, it will come for you and kill you as long as you're in the dark, but it can only travel in the dark. So like a kid sees it, and then his mom sees it, and it murders his entire family, and the kid's put in like the psychiatric ward where the lights are on all the time. And I'm just thinking... Why go to, like, this really weird abandoned building when they could just go to, like, a parking lot in the middle of nowhere with, like, bright lights? Like, it just seemed kind of weird. It seemed really dark in that room anyway, even with all the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Filming costs. We're in a studio. Got it. Yeah. Either way. Um, still a lot to talk about in this episode. Do you do you have anything else about the, about the Wraith, specifically? I mean, it was a good use of practical with CG effects. They they, yeah. they they tied them together really well. It was creepy. Yeah, and then when he turns mortal, kind of, and like starts attacking Kabad, they did a really good transition. Yeah, and it didn't. It fit, he felt less creepy as he became a human, but still like felt like a pres. There was still a presence. Had those hollow eyes. It feels like they're all pretty weak, though. Does that make sense? The monsters. The, the Yaogwai got shot in the face and was dead. This one just got stabbed with a pipe after he got turned. Well, for for I'll give you the one for last week that it was a little easy to defeat. This week, it wasn't that it was so strong that it was, they needed to be so strong to defeat it. It was that they needed to solve a puzzle. No, yeah, I and get I that. like that more. I like I don't need it to like take a, a twenty shots to take it down strong. I want it to be difficult mentally. That's so, way more interesting. You're gonna hate me, but here's a prediction: Betsy Ross is something that Pandora pulls out. I I had a similar thought um, when we we'll, um, when we get to Betsy because I want to I want to finish up talking about okay, Pandora before we get to her because at the end like just as Pandora like she gets the wraith defeated doesn't seem to be any sweat off her back I think she's counting on them defeating these monsters yeah um, they are the destroyers yeah I mean it could be that she needs them to slowly defeat the things in the box um, she could just be a little bit psycho. And like enjoying the process. I mean, she's but... turning, she's turning evil into the water of life. Yeah, I mean that. So that's the the end scene that we get is like let's, let's go through it for a second. And she she's somewhere underneath a well, yeah. And a tree grows through the well because she's pouring the water of life onto it, or the whatever this water is that she's creating yeah. through absorbing whatever these demons are doing. Yeah, I guess she's taking the secrets that. She took the fear 
that the Yagwai in- absorbed last week. She took the secrets that the Wraith absorbed this week and is using them as power for this tree, I guess. Is the her end game is to or this the not end game, but the beginning of her plan is growing this tree and she um she's uh, she waters it i mean i just thought immediately of uh, we talked about demeter yeah. and persephone um the the queen of hell who um only comes out once a year in springtime or uh, which is and so demeter the goddess of growth and life uh, plant life is only happy in the spring, and that's why. And that's the Greek reason for why spring only comes in after the winter. Well, it's interesting because there's lots of um, crossovers between uh, Mount Olympus and Eden, and kind of the the picture imagery in that. And if you really think she could just be, she could be growing Eden on Earth. She could be trying to bring humanity back to Eden. Hmm. But through creating an Eden on Earth, you destroy everything. Um, I do. I have to mention really quick. Uh, somebody had a great comment on our video. I forgot their name. I should have written it down. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but just know you are getting quoted. We get a sign of Sleepy Hollow in the first first episode when Pandora's walking in. And it says population 144,000. And 144,000 are the number of people in Revelations who are saved from God, saved by God while the rest of the world is destitute to ruin. Is it really? Because so, that's been the population for seasons. But it makes more sense now, because if she's here to shelter and bring Eden to the world and save the, the pure and kill everyone else, it would make sense that that's actually another tribulation is preventing her from destroying everything and only saving those few. That would be... very. I didn't know that about Revelations. That's a huge thing. Um, that somehow we've just never talked about on this show. Yeah. We've just missed entirely. So kudos to you, whoever that was. Um, we'll try to give you a shout out. And if we're wrong, point. why would you comment that? But I mean, yeah. I'm quoting a um, comment right now. That would, I mean, that would explain. It's it's always bothered me because like I drove through the the real Sleepy Hollow and the real population of Sleepy Hollow is like twenty five thousand or thirty thousand yeah, people. Probably. It's like way smaller than that. It's a village. I, I don't doubt that. Um, but so that that would be a good reason to do that, as opposed to just like making it up for no re- for any random reason. Are we just in agreement that Pandora is doing something good in her mind? Like she's not. I know every villain's the hero of their own story. I mean, everyone says that, and I'm fine with that. But I think I think she's genuinely trying to do good. Yes, um, not just she's not just out for revenge for her sake or anything like that. I I agree. I I think you and I are on the same page. I'm curious, you guys in the chat roll, what you think. Tell us uh, in the comments and all that what you think. If is Pandora, it to her is she doing good things for the world? Is she saving people? Is she helping? It's kind of situation. Like, it's like a Death Note. You guys know what Death Note a is. Death Note. It's it's a godly power that from an outside perspective is ungodly evil she's got this box and all this box can do is release evil it's like if she wanted to bring out like something good to help the world she couldn't because literally the box will only release evil so she has to release evil for the destroyers the witnesses to destroy the evil Mm -hmm. so she can turn that energy into something good 
Yeah. I mean, as uh, Darius in the in the channel points out, Pandora isn't good. She targeted and killed do-gooders, and she also said to the box, help her do evil. But I think that that's all... Uh, she has to do that. Basically, if the box is, like, watching her, she has to keep up the evil face. Well, again, the box was a gift given to her by the gods yeah. as a punishment to the human race. Mm-hmm. So for her to help, she has to do bad. Yeah. For her to get this evil out, I feel like she needs to release it as an evil thing. Yeah. And she's doing rhymes. It's 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 more it's more of casting than talking. She's casting a spell. She's not actually talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what turns out with her. Um but with still a lot of cover in this episode. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um so uh before we get into there's still a whole bunch more we got to get into Joe Corbin and Jenny. We've got to talk about Betsy Ross. We've got to talk about um, Ichabod and uh, Abby being roommates and Abby and potential love interest, Agent Reynolds. But first we want to uh, talk about iTunes, guys. Exactly. So, guys, if you haven't already, which you probably have because we have like 225 reviews, like we're kind of big stuff, go to iTunes and search After Buzz Sleepy Hollow. And you can go ahead and hit five stars, not four, not one. Not one, five. Leave a comment, and we will give you a shout-out. We haven't actually gotten any new comments this season, which is kind of disappointing. And uh, a lot of comments from last week on the YouTube were, we were waiting to watch you guys' review before we watched season three. I mean, I was going to drop the show, and I'm in. So I think that's a good indication of, you know what, stick around. I think it's getting better. I think this is a good direction they're taking it in. Also, the fact that you guys trust us that much with your TV viewing. means a lot. Seriously, that's one of the highest compliments I think that I've ever been paid by a fan. Well, you're certainly not getting paid here. (laughs) 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 Moving on. Uh, But yeah, guys, hit us on iTunes. We'll give you a shout-out. It means the world uh, to us to see your feedback, um, and iTunes is the best place to do it. Um, But you can also do it on uh, SoundCloud. Go to YouTube and leave us a comment. Hit the thumbs-up button around here. Um, Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, help us out. Hashtag bring Orlando Jones back. (laughs) Uh, He's not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) They need a truckload of money. Yeah, he left in the night. Um, But actually use the actual hashtag, ABTVSleepyHollow. And uh, that way we can also find your tweets. Um, so let's uh, let's, let's talk about and Jenny. I was well before because it's similar because it's related to the okay the uh, what, the wraith. For some reason, I want to call it a walker. It's not at all a walker. The wraith storyline, Betsy Ross, because so. I noticed this week in the intro. I don't know if it was there last week, and I just didn't notice. But in the intro. Uh, Nikki Reed, who plays Betsy Ross, Series is one of the yeah is one of the like featured players. Basically, that means she's considered a series regular for the season. Her and um, I don't I don't remember her name offhand. The woman that plays Pandora are both in that intro, so they're both going to be Shannon there. Shannon Sossaman. Thank you. Um, they're both going to be there for the rest of the season. Not necessarily every episode, but almost. Yeah, I assume that for my MDB. Um, Sadly, I looked at it. But so, I mean, that's... I'm not sure what that says about the Betsy Ross storyline. I think there's definitely some rooms to talk about that in predictions. Um, But this is where this episode frustrated me 
when, there's two places, and this is where I'm going to honor Jackie Borowski not being here and do a little soapboxing. Um, because what did we get? What did we get in this episode? We got Betsy Ross again, the powerful female agent who's like undercover for General Washington, and she's get found out that her cover has been blown, and she's going to stop him, and she just, she needs to like stall this British general so that Ichabod can slip away. Mm-hmm. What does she do? She gets by colonial standards naked. And it was like, what? I didn't do what you think I did. What was that? I mean, she probably, like, walked out of the room, said, I'm going to get more comfortable, and then left. Yeah, but, but that's the best. That's the only way you could. And I get that, like, there's a there's a, there's a temptation because she's just a woman that, she's like, hot. she's going to, she's an attractive woman that she can just, like, use her womanly ways to seduce a man. And that's Okay, the, I, I'm going to stop you there. I there are certain things in this show that are very downplaying to a woman's capabilities but I will tell you right now that if you're a female spy especially back then and you're literally at a ball for that guy and it's a dance hosted by that guy and you're trying to get him away from Ichabod and do that it's just easier I it's just right. an easier writing element. You don't I'll, have to have a side story. You don't have to explain what she did. All right, fine, uh, fair enough. I'll give you that. But it it was the way that they they brought her out, like like a like a, a like a uh, the morning after like walk of shame, like in his jacket and her undergarments. Like, would you have preferred that she's covered in blood? No, I would have like. I, Prefer that she's like hurriedly getting into her gown or something that won't just look to any passerby like she's like making off with a British soldier's jacket. Yeah, I mean, I just think it was visual storytelling. It's we don't want to have to explain this too much, so let's just have her be in her in her skivvies, kind of, and then any person who sees that will immediately know. Okay, she seduced him, and that's kind of how she got out of the situation. I guess. I mean, it's it sucks, but like, it's it's just the way it would. I mean, it t- timeliness. It works with the time period. I think if anything, Jackie would be angry that another person fell in love with Ichabod this episode. Well, that's the next thing that I want. Like, while we're talking about this, because. Either Ichabod's got some magical spell on him that just makes him irresistible to to every woman except Abby Mills, um, or they're just like they want every single female character, like new female that's introduced, to just like be head over heels for Tom Mison. Because think- this is the second the second minor female character in two episodes that has just like. Like, t- like the like panted googly over, eyed yeah, up. just gone googly eyed, panting after him. Like, what did this guy do? Like, take a step back away from the show for a second. This woman, like, is like, oh, you want to preserve this historical building, but you're British, and then he curtsies in front of her, really low, really awkward in a public place, and then just like sid- saddles away. And confidence is key, Zach. I I guess. I'm British not. Accent. I'm clearly not confident enough with my curtsying. Hashtag British accent. Hashtag Man Bun Monday. Hashtag curtsy. Something. Something else that starts with C. 
Hashtag courteous curtsy. All right. I don't know. I hope I did, Jackie, I hope I did you justice uh, in my attempts to help Soapbox in your absence. Um, But, yeah. But I think Betsy Ross's character, what they're doing right now is they're trying to bring her in as this story that Ichabod had in the past. So when we go back to the past, there's a story going on. And in the future, there's a story going on. What I think would be a very interesting plot point would be these things are kind of happening coincidentally. You have the past going on. You have the future going on. If we had in the past something happening to Betsy Ross where she just vanished and then she comes to the future... I think she has to come to the she future. She has to come to the future, yeah, definitely. Definitely, but I think if like that would be an interesting thing if if Ichabod finds like says something about how and then I just never heard from her again, and it's the fact that she was taken back then and brought to the pa- to the future at that time. But it's got to be expl. I mean, I guess you can fake history. Like we don't need the like exact like story of Betsy Ross to play out the way we learned it in elementary school. But as long as they can explain that away... Marty, once the flag gets to 50 stars, we're going to be busted into the future! Thir- 13. She would have only sewn 13. She sewn 13. 13 stars! <laughs> um, I think it's, it is inevitable that she will come to the future. Um, I But I they need to make it... They need to somehow differentiate that. She needs that to be an adversary from in the future. Oh, that would be interesting. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking she's the she's lust. Uh, we brought forth fear. We brought forth secrets. Uh, I think she'll be lust, hmm. and I think we can bring forth a lot of things. They leave a lot of potential because they're not going with the standard seven deadly sins with the evil that you bring out of the box. Right. It's just all the evil of mankind. So I think you can have gambling. You can have addiction. You can have apathy. You can have freaking... Uh, adultery. You can have all sorts of things going on, and they would all really be weird stuff going around in Sleepy Hollow. If a spirit of adultery came out and just made everyone in the town start cheating on their wives and things like that, you wouldn't have to have people die, but it would just still be really interesting and funny. So I think it's really cool what they're doing because it doesn't tie them into... It doesn't put them in a box. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that could be very interesting. Um, I, I just need it to be extremely different from what they did with Katrina. Yeah, exactly. Um, like the bringing a revolutionary era woman into modern day, we did that. So we had the Ichabod and his the pee in a pod situation with two people that don't understand modern society. Well, the other we, option is to say that Betsy Ross was a witness. There's that. I was going to say, what if she, some, through whatever means, has actually just been around this whole time. Like, Betsy Ross became immortal, and has just been living in secret. I, I, yeah, I think that'd be weird, but I think, I think, you could say Betsy Ross is hypothetically a witness. You could say they only knew Ichabod was a witness, so they were sending him in time until they found the female one, which ends up as Abby as this generation. Betsy Ross could have easily been the female one of that generation, which would open the door to having a male witness of the new generation. Interesting. Which would open the door to having two sets of witnesses. Ones could be the witnesses and ones could be the destroyers. You could do so much with that. So you never know. That's a, that's a, that could be that's definitely would be unexpected. Um all right. So we've talked about Betsy. Let's talk about Joe uh, Joe Corbin and Jenny Mills. 
So Joe Corbin is uh, San's father now, um, and he has been since the beginning Instead of the, of the pilot, like the first five minutes of the show. He's still in mourning. It's been six months. They haven't done anything with him. He wants to live up to his father's legacy. Well, it's been six months since the Wendigo no, yeah. incident. Uh, so he wants um, to live up to his father's legacy. So he's talking to Jenny about how much he just really wants to be a part of it. She doesn't want to let him. He, She invites him because her place had gotten broken into. And we get introduced to this random guy because Joe Corbin decides to be walking in a random parking lot somewhere and get kidnapped. The guy wants the Anubis Shard, which is probably going to be the overarching theme for the season. Um, I think that's their setup for something greater. Yeah. I, it, They're bringing Egyptian history into this now, so... Yeah, I mean, we, we've we always, like, teetered on all of these different things, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Um, but uh, Anubis is the, uh, the the god of the afterlife in Egyptian culture. So I, I, my instinct says that the shard of Anubis can somehow bring somebody back from the dead. Um, which, while we're talking about Betsy Ross coming back to uh, the future, sorry, mm-hmm. um... That could be a very that could be how we get Betsy. Um, is like you literally just yank her out of the afterlife. Although that very similar z- sounds exactly like what happened with Katrina and, mm-hmm. and Purgatory. Yeah. Uh, what would what would that be the the afterlife formal? Oh my god! I guess let's not let's not go back to Purgatory <laughs> Palm. Um, I don't think it's so, that. Yeah. Um, but the this this gangster really randall really wants the shard of anubis and i guess he knows that jenny and joe have a thing i think we there's two things we could either be bringing back the hessians we could bring back that whole side of like history and people who are after artifacts because what they're what's what they're doing with jenny's storyline is smart they're not making her the leader of it they're making what the late corbin was doing is the leader of the storyline we're we're trying we're scratching the surface of what was Corbin doing? Why was he sending Jenny after these things? What did he know that he knew that he was fighting against? Because it wasn't just the witnesses; that was the second side of it. Yeah, and I don't think it's Pandora. I think it who it's whoever Pandora is against. I think it'd be really mm. interesting to bring in Pandora's adversary in this because obviously she doesn't want to kill Ichabod or them. So. Or Abby. So if it's her adversary is something of Egyptian descendancy, it'd be Greek versus Egyptian some way. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, just bring in something like that where Ichabod and Abby are kind of brought into this war that they have to choose sides on. Because they've always been so light and dark, like good and bad, Moloch and the light side. Well, what if you have two forces who are seemingly both doing evil things? Which side do you choose? And if Pandora's doing the right thing, but it looks evil and they're doing something evil, what if it looks right? Who are they going to choose? Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. And if Abby doesn't know what Corbin was really doing, she could make the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, Abby or Jenny, you mean? Either one. Um, I think Jenny knows what Corbin was really doing, kind of. Cor- oh, you mean the old the, Corbin. the old original Corbin. Corbin? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think Baby Corbin. Baby Corbin. Um, Baby Corbin. I love that he's getting involved. I love that he's going to stick around. Um, he gets I, possessed this season. I, calling it right now. Possessed? You think? Yeah. I think. Hmm. I wonder if he'll turn back to the Wendigo at any time. 
Um, like he was cured. Well, they're but they're gonna bring that back, and they have to bring that back. And a reason: How did he get cured from the Wendigo? I can't remember. No, like I know it. how he got cured, but like he got cured in a way that it wasn't supposed to work, but it did. So I feel like we're gonna find out that he's got something different about him that was the cause for him to win. I mean, even just being the Wendigo, I was what, what yeah. I mean. Like just being that that thing. I think could very easily have affected him um and in a way that like when you start when he starts interacting with more mystical objects could bring that back out he or... could be a titan he could be a titan he could be a titan never know yeah. I don't know um, maybe the whole reason Corbin dedicated his life to something is because he knew something about his son or his own bloodline we don't know yet and that's fun they're ex- they're expanding upon it it's cool yeah I, I want to see more. Yeah, um, exactly. Are are we? Do we think that they're pu- they're like pushing Jenny and Corb and Baby Corbin uh, together romantically? Mm, I hope not. Jenny is just kind of a hoe at this point, and I don't mean that in like the character is bad. I just mean that in like because of the season one and season two history, they've just turned her character and like such this fall in love with anybody character. You know what I mean? You mean, cause you like Irving and well, you had Irving, you had Holly, you have the Joe Corbin. Now you, like baby Corbin. It's like, I just, I don't want another love interest for her right now. Cause it's just, there's been too many. It definitely feels like they are pushing them together and they do have a good dynamic. The actors play well together. Um, I I want to get to know Joe a little more. Like I like him. He's a, he's he seems like a good guy. He's um I guess he's an EMT. I was reading on on Twitter. I don't remember if they said that on the show. Um, yeah. But the the sleepy writers were live tweeting. He was a e- EMT turned military nurse or something like that. I think it was the other way. Okay. Yeah. Um. He was a military nurse and then now he's working as an EMT. And then he was the Wendigo. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's just a six month crybaby. Because he's baby Corbin. Uh, we have five minutes left. Um, all right. So real quick, uh, lastly, talk about um, Abby and uh, Agent Reynolds being a love interest. Yeah. Um, Agent Reynolds going to be a, a regular, another regular on the show. Oh, it's just at the tip of my tongue. Who plays this guy? Um, I will look it up. But what do you, what did you think of him in the meantime? I don't know yet. I think it's interesting to bring somebody back from when Abby was in school and making him the leader. I think he's going to be sorely disappointed in Abby. And I think once he realizes that Abby's not trying to do what he thinks she is, he's going to be hard on her. Okay. Um, Oh, you think when he starts to realize, like, she's not repeat, like, reporting everything? Yeah, I think that he wants to use this as a stepping stone and she's not really after that, and he thinks she is. So I think once he starts realizing that her ambitions are not in the right way, he's going to try to start forcing ambitions on her, and it's just going to cause friction between the two. That's an interesting point. Um, I mean, he he stated his goals. Like, he's like, I can come into this small market. Oh, yeah. Like, I can build up my skill set. I can build up my resume. I'm going to prove myself here before I go on to, like, take over in D.C. Like, he's, like, making his career a thing like he's not messing around he's in love with abby is what i think oh absolutely i think he's still in love with abby and i think he says that but his real goal was to be there to get abby i think i mean i think that's 
You think he transferred? He picked this town he specifically. His, he picked because Sleepy of Hollow Abby. specifically for Abby. All right, I can see that, um, and I think his, he's going to admit it in like episode five or his six. Name is, the actor's name is Lance Gross. It is Lance Gross. Okay, yeah, that's right, Lance Gross. Um, Great actor. Love his voice. He's got a really commanding voice. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with him because he's been very calm so far, but I feel like he could be really violent and kind of a badass. So I think if they if they bring him into the fold on this stuff that's going down in Sleepy Hollow, I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah. Um, just don't, I, I would just l- don't take his daughter and get her possessed. <laughs> I mean, that's the danger. Is like we've done both versions of that already. So I want them to find a way to make this new. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but so because well, we got in- Irving, like the that doesn't that doesn't and and. Um, What's her name from last year? Uh, Ramirez, I think it was, yeah. who just like kind of went away. Um, I, I would like to see them do something new with this guy, and I guess being a love interest will feed Wouldn't, that a yeah. little bit. But I, who knows what they're going to do with it? Um, running low on time, so uh, real quick, uh, what do you think of at the Abby and uh, Ichabod roommate situation? I mean, it's funny, cheeky comedy. Yeah, it's good. Fo- it's good fodder for just light jokes that you can pepper in in each episode. I mean, if you really think about it, they're already roommates, like they're life roommates. Yeah, I mean, they, they've always has been. They always have been. It's yeah. just kind of like now they live together because she's helping them out. It's funny. It's just a situation that the writer doesn't on. know how to use a stove properly. He burnt the roast. He grabbed the skivvies. The bed for shoe uh, clanger. He burned. Whatever, th- I'm sure that's a real thing. Probably. Whatever it is. Um, yeah, and he's picking up her underwear. Yep. Way to, way to be creepy, Ichabod. God way damn to be it, creepy. Ichabod. All right. Uh, no time, unfortunately, no time for Sleeping Tin Abbey this week. We'll, we'll be sure to have it again soon. How scandalous. How scandalous indeed, Ichabod with his knickers. Um, but I think that's going to do it for, uh, oh, we got to do a quick round of predictions. All right, so go gonna... for predictions. We'll, we'll keep it 30 seconds. After Buzz TV All right, Steven. Uh, predictions. Predictions. I think um, Betsy Ross is going to come out of Pandora's box in episode five. I think for the next two episodes, we're going to get a lot of development and not as much kind of like forward growth. I don't th- I'm not saying it's going to be filler, but I'm saying it's going to be set up for the second half of the season more than it is going to be set up for the first half. And I think um, I think we'll get some big conclusions with Pandora by episode six. I think we have to. I think she's, yeah. she's interesting. She's not interesting enough to carry an entire season. But I think if she releases Prometheus, if she does something like that, if we bring in the Egyptian lord of this, I yeah. think it could be some really cool stuff. I, I stand by what I said before. I think the Anubis shard is going to be what winds up bringing... I think that may be combined with Pandora's box. Who knows? But I think the Anubis shard is going to be... Is, gonna, what's gonna, is what will result in Betsy Ross coming into modern day times. Um, I think that uh, we're uh, Pandora by mid-season, so I guess episode nine, will be a member of the Scooby gang. Okay. Um, at least for a short time. Because we need somebody in a corset on the team. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, but I think she will be a member of the Scooby Gang for a very short time before um, either die. Either I don't think she'll die, but like she may go back to the other side. Um, maybe with family being on the opposition. 
big swing, but that's what's the wheels that are spinning in my head. Any yeah. last thoughts, Steven? Uh, no, I mean, this is totally out of left field, but if hope is all that's left in the box as the mythology goes, perhaps Betsy Ross is the hope that's left behind and she saves everyone in the end. Oh, snap! Well, all right, that's guys, it. that'll do it for Sleepy Hollow's after show for Whispers in the Dark. Thank you guys so much for joining us and sticking with us through the episode. Stephen Lemieux, until next week, where can the people keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, and go ahead and check out the Popcorn Talk at YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network. we got all sorts of movie discussion shows, and I'm just releasing a few new ones next Wednesday at 9 p.m. we got Disney Movie News every Wednesday. Cool. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N, and a whole bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz that I'm talking about, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Doctor Who, The Muppets, and a few more. Guys, I'm Zach Wilson, and thanks, thanks for, for geeking, geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.